Duck Orange. Orange Whoa. duck. Orange duck is what we're going to be talking about today. We don't usually start off by telling you what, what the fuck we're going to talk about. So today, we're doing things a little differently, and this episode is about duck all orange. I was going to say, is this going to become a new habit? But I know it's not. But um, that's okay. Well, we'll try. I'll forget. No, I'll forget too. That's why I was wondering if it was going to be a habit for a second, but it, 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 it's not, and that's okay. The the fact that I think our signature opener at this point is the fact that we don't ever plan anything to open with, and yeah. it just always sounds kind of scripted, and I couldn't think of anything that I wasn't annoyed by. Yeah, so I agree with that feeling. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm fine with the the nothing openers. Well, I think our our we'll just start yelling the recipe at you every time. Perfect. But I think our signature opener is to start with absolutely nothing prepared and then acknowledge that we didn't prepare anything. Oh, we've only done that like twice. Like five times. No. Okay. No, I'm usually very prepared. Very prepared. Are you a duck all around? <clears throat> yes. Yep. This is, uh, this is Home Cookery and Other Sins, a podcast by Nick and Ashley, uh, amateur home chefs. And we like to review recipes from the internet. So some of these, this one's Chef John from foodwishes.com. Sorry, who is it? <laughs> it's, it's Chef John from foodwishes.com with Doc Orange. <laughs> this is one I've been sitting on for a while. And it was, uh, I mean, I'm going to ruin some of the shopping part of it. We had to go on an adventure. Yeah, I mean, it's duck breast. Where are you going to get that shit? Well, for some people, a lot of places. I guess you us, could just go shoot one, but, you know. Well, no, like, some <laughs> some some people live near stores that sell it because it's more of their regional thing. Like, I well, guess that's Like, true. Babish can get it in New York because it's New York. You could probably find quite a few markets in L.A. that sell it if you wanted to go there. But Yeah, I bet Asian markets sell it, too. Uh, not anyone's near us. All the ones near us are gross. Well, <laughs> the one near us that we went to was gross, yeah. But Yeah. It sucks because I usually <clears throat> like Asian markets. Like, been to like three or four of them now, and every one but the one we now live near has been good. Except, well, so, but 99 Ranch, 99 Ranch was like the best one in terms of like variety. But it smelled like fish. But it stank so bad. Like, we had to go there several times to get used to the smell because they have, like, big aquariums that are, like... Of live fish. Packed with fish to the point where, like, this is probably not sanitary, you know? And it just stank. It did stink. It was pretty bad. <laughs> the whole place smelled so bad. But the other option was um, Zion Market. Zion Market, which, which... I liked it, but they didn't have as much stuff. They didn't have as much meat. That was a problem. At the time, right. they were our be- the 99 Ranch was our best meat market. 99 Ranch had, like, all the meats. Which, for the most part, I'd say Winco fills that need now. Uh, Yeah, but they don't have all the weird stuff that 99 Ranch had. Yeah, they have some of it. How many but... times did you buy the weird stuff? Yeah, I buy Exactly. <laughs> I buy it more now because I'm more adventurous. Back then, it was like, eh, trotters. What am I going to do with that? Now I'm like, I can think of, like, three recipes that use trotters. Yeah, um, ramen, ramen, and ramen. <laughs> no, there's other stuff. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. Well, I only know from the top, off the top of my head, for pig's feet or trotters, 
as Ashley says. Uh, ramen is the most common one that I know. Yeah, it is, that's true. So, But, I mean, even Winco has it sometimes. They have chicken feet all the time. Chicken paws. Chicken paws, as they label it. Which, all right. I think that's worse, but... <laughs> <laughs> you can call them chicken hands. Uh... See, that made you cringe harder. <laughs> they do sell whole duck at Winco sometimes. They do, but, you know, that's like a whole It's thing. like a tiny duck. You got it. The breast wouldn't have been anywhere near as big, even right. if you butchered the whole thing. Yeah, so you'd have to butcher it and then find, find something to do with the rest of the duck. Because, like, we're not going to make pecking duck. Peking duck. <laughs> Did you say pecking? Well, it's, is it's it pronounced peking or pecking? No, it's peking. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, everything that I've ever seen pronounces it peking duck. Even when they get an Asian chef on there, they don't correct anybody, so... Yeah, I've, I mean, have you watched one of those recently on how to make Peking Duck? It's just like it takes forever. It's like a yeah. two to three day thing. And you have to have somewhere to hang it up. Yep. Which we don't. And like, I watched I watched Babish make it. And um, so first you have to take the duck and you have to like separate the skin from the meat. And I think they pour hot oil on the outside of the skin and, like, puffs it up and it loosens it. Hmm. And then then they blow air into it and then hang it to dry. Hmm. And then they can season it and cook it. And that, it takes, like, two days at least to make Peking Duck. I've never had it. I would love to try it one time. I want to have it, too, but there's nowhere around this. Every time I find a place, I'm like, ooh, Peking Duck. And then I read the reviews and they're like, this place is shit. Yeah, it's, like, usually the actual Asian places don't have it, and, like, the ones that have it are, like, just, like, a shitty little casino restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. Something that's, like, really Americanized, because American people think, oh, a picking duck, or whatever. Oh, that's um, so authentic. I'm gonna have this and go gamble. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to get the duck. Anyway, so... But we didn't do Asian duck. We did French duck. Yeah, we did French duck, which John recipe, John recipe, Chef, Chef John, Chef recipe. John had a recipe you, for. You all right there? You seem a little sleepy. Skipping your words. It's okay. I'm sleepy too. Ugh, we just ate like a pound of meat, homemade, basically homemade like roast beef, and like, like not was, good ended up, roast beef. It was all right. It, it was all right. We were trying but, to make French dips, but. Uh, so I feel like I just, like, drank and wore a gallon of, like, beef fat. I mean, so we almost did. So I don't, I don't feel the best. Ah, you feel fine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it was the bottom round, which, according to Gino Palette, we're supposed to eat. We started, we both pay, ended up paying for Gino Palette just to see... What are recommended... Like best what, foods. What is it? Macronutrient available foods are. You can see the air quotes that I just <laughs> made, but I made them. Yeah. It sounds kind of dumb and gimmicky and like... You, it's not... At the, it's, it's As long as you don't like buy all the other crap they try to sell you after you get it. Well, and so long as... The other thing you have to remember that I'm, as we're looking at it is like... You can't just eat these things in the list. Like, 
So, like, there's a bunch of, like, bread and uh, milk products that it says are good for me. And we know that if I eat just bread and milk products, it's unhealthy and I'm going to get fat. Or, but, Well, yeah, it also tells you what percent of your, like, diet is supposed to be that. But, like, it's, you know, it's balance. It's just, if you're going to, to me, I see it as, like, if you're going to eat that, here's the thing you should eat. Yeah, but, it's we're just kind of using it to see if there's anything we can, like, sub out in our diet that might, like, our our biology might help us process it better so like one of the things that we both it said both of us would be good for is um flat was it flaxseed oil um mm-hmm. no not flaxseed um safflower safflower oil so we're gonna try subbing out when we cook instead of using canola oil using safflower oil because it's another high smoke point oil so it'll do everything we want that, that canola oil was doing so it'll do all that stuff. It's not as cheap as canola oil, but it's like the at the rate we like use it, if it helps us feel a little better, I feel like it's worth it. Yeah. So it's things like that, like switching out switching out things for other things or like adding uh like right now I'm trying to add yogurt, Greek yogurt and, and blackberries fruit. to my diet because those are like highly recommended things, especially for snacks. Snack type things, which for me that's basically breakfast because I like don't eat breakfast. So I'm kind of trying to replace the nothing that I eat for breakfast with yogurt and fruit. And it seems like it's doing some good things because I feel like I feel better. We've only been doing it for a little while, so maybe there'll be an update to that at some point. But yeah, it's basically just like based on your genealogy based on your genetic markers like yeah based on your genes your these are the top like fruits meats dairies all that kind of stuff for you where you can like get the most nutrients out of them right so i like the idea of it it's not like a one diet fits all type thing no and it also will tell you your macronutrients like if you're somebody who should eat more or less than the average person in terms of protein, carbs, or fat. Like, my diet's supposed to be higher in protein than the average person and, like, lower in carbs and fat than the average person. Mine's supposed to be more carbs. Which, like, oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> like, oh, protein, really? That's what I get? Okay. Protein's delicious. Protein is uh, yes, for duck and chicken and beef. Protein is delicious. I love protein, but I don't want to eat it all the time. Sometimes I just want to eat a big bag of potato chips. Yeah, protein's not what I crave. No. I love protein. I love to eat it, love to cook it and everything, but it's not like a craveable thing for me usually. And also, like with as much like poultry and chicken as we cook, because it's kind of, like it's cheap and it's not red meat, so... It's supposed to be good for your heart. Generally, it's better for you. You know, we try to do a lot of that, but... <laughs> I mean, Nick's list had a bunch of chicken stuff on it. My list had, like, zero chicken on it. Yours it was, was like, like, mostly beef and pork, right? It was beef and pork and, and like, veal? pheasant. Yeah, and oh, veal. you know, all the pheasants that I have just lying around. Yeah, I'm like, okay, <laughs> so... <laughs> just, like, really, like, lean proteins, which... That's not what I want to eat for protein. <laughs> so that's why we tried to make this, um, this like, crock pot French dip uh, beef out of, like, bottom round, which is 
very extremely lean meat. There was, there was one nice big fat cap on it, and it didn't really do much. Yeah, it, wasn't, it made the jus like fatty, but it just it doesn't because it doesn't go through the meat. It doesn't help the leany dryness of it. Yeah, I mean this meat was floating in like root beer and onions and fat liquid for like nine hours, and it was just dry as a bone. Yep. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, um, cause you know, of course I'm like, what can you make with bottom round and top round and eye of round stew, stew and roast beef and like shit you don't want to eat like, <laughs> or shit that's not easy to make. Cause like I've, I've looked at making French dips before and you were talking about the recipe, the first recipe you read for it, where it starts off with step one, buy already done roast beef. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's the easiest French dip you'll ever make. And I'm like, yeah, well, yes, I suppose, yeah. Because you just bought deli meat. Because <laughs> you didn't make the meat. No. But, uh, oh, I but mean, I flavored it. Okay, asshole. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to keep trying. We're going to keep playing with it, see if we can make... We're also just going to keep eating the things we want, though, within reason. Yeah, but, I, you know, I want to see if I can make those meats work. We'll find a thing. Because they are cheap. Which is nice. Yeah. You know, it's the cuts of meat that, like, your dad that doesn't know what he's talking about buys. And he's like, I'll just cut this up into steaks and grill it. And then it's horrible. Like, it's that it's that meat <laughs> that you find at the grocery store. Because it was cheap. It was on sale. It, was it, on, lo- it looks was like clearance. a filet when I cut it up. Like, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, if you cut it to look like a filet, then it looks like a filet, don't it? It's not tender like one, though. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I mean, yeah, it's, it's an interest, it's been an interesting thing. It's been, it's kind of worth it to me just to see what the suggestions, like, if I can switch out a couple things that make a difference, then that's a win. Yeah, or you can, like you said, add snacks that are beneficial, that's a win. Yeah, yeah, like Greek yogurt, everybody says, oh, Greek yogurt, because it's high protein and high uh, and it's not as high fat, and it's, like, not really bad for cholesterol because it's fermented. So it's, like... Is it fermented? Yeah, it's fermented. Oh, I think all yogurt is fermented. Huh. Yeah. It's, like, fermented milk, which, mmm, right? Mmm, tasty. <laughs> is it fermented or cultured? It's fermented. Ah. It's, uh... It, yeah, and so, I mean, so it's high protein, and things like it are good for, like, your... Like probiotics and things like that help your digestive system work. So it's not a, you know it's a good suggestion. Keeps you protein also keeps you full longer. So if you eat a protein snack like like a high protein nut or um, yeah. I got a high protein nut. Ugh. Ah, <laughs> dick jokes. Like a high protein nut or high protein yogurt or something, you might not eat as much at your next meal or whatever because you might not be as hungry. Yeah. So, theoretically. Theoretically, we could benefit from this. But we didn't know any of that when we picked this recipe. No, we didn't. This was uh, this was before that, before I got my results. Um, but, anyway. Do you want to tell them about the show structure? Yeah. Yeah! Honk, honk. <clears throat> uh, so, first, if you don't know, Duck a l'Orange is a French, it's a classic French 
preparation of duck breast where you just you take a duck breast with skin on and fry it in a pan. Sear it. Is it frying? It's frying. It's like shallow frying, yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. You fry it in a pan to render the fat and then you make a pan sauce with some of the fat and some stock and uh, either orange juice or this one uses marmalade. So that's where the orange comes from. But, um, yeah, it's like if you saw a picture of it, which you will if you look at if you look at the picture for this podcast. <laughs> if you look at the picture. Uh, it's just like a really like fancy thing that you can get at fancy restaurants. It's French, so it already has like fancy connotation to it. Um, but it's really not that fancy of a dish. It's pretty rustic when you get down to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's very like, what can, what can you make with the, what you have? It's, you know, it uses all, it uses the fat to make the sauce and it uses like stock from like previous meals, like, you know, bones saved from previous meals and you have chicken stock. Does this use stock? Yeah. The pan sauce uses stock. Oh, my brain's all over the place. Yes. I remember making this. <laughs> so it's very like farm house kind of style, right? Because you use like stock that you might have made and then you use like um, like fat that you might have had from other cooks from, you know, like other cooking duck or whatever. And you use marmalade or some kind of preserved orange. Oh, I just sorry. I just looked up something dumb. Um Duck à l'orange is not a French dish. It's an English interpretation of a French dish. <laughs> so, here we are going on about how French it is, and no, it's not. Well, you know. That doesn't surprise me that much. No, it doesn't surprise me either. Um, <clears throat> but I get where you could... Um, where you're getting the rustic from, because, you know, if you're... Like, if you're a... Living on a farm, you're hunting duck, you also have some orange trees or something. Right, and maybe you jam, like maybe you, you can your oranges or preserve them or whatever into jams, and maybe you keep leftover fat from your cooking and leftover bones and make stocks and things. So it's, it doesn't surprise me that it's not classically French, because it just kind of feels very like, you know. What you got. Yeah. Either way, the... Uh, it's fancy to us Americans, most of us Americans, because, well, at least... It's duck. West Coast Americans, right? Because it's duck and most people don't eat duck or haven't had duck. It's coming back. It's making its way back into, into like, fancy restaurants, I would say. It's not... I don't think it ever left fancy restaurants. I think it's making its way out of the Michelin star restaurants into the yeah more accessible, but, but like... Still pricey it's like you're not gonna get it at like chilies not yet i mean if you can get it at chilies don't it's probably gonna be gross but <laughs> um I, th- I really think yeah i think it's always been in the fancy restaurants because it's always been a joke dish like duck something like from cartoons and stuff whenever they went to really fancy restaurants duck a la king yeah duck a la range yeah <clears throat> um yeah so, I think it's just finally making its way to the general people. Yeah. Um, yeah, duck but is... But still within the, the expensive $30, $40 plate restaurants. 
versus it's, $80, $90. Yeah. It's Sorry. a kind of insane meat. Like, it's really strange. It's poultry, but it's not, like, chicken at all. You cook it like steak? Yeah, it's like the steak of birds. Because <laughs> it's really fatty and really, like, red. Like, the when you en- end up getting at the end is, like, a really red... Tori, you think you did it wrong, piece almost. Piece of meat. Yeah, it looks... Uh, if you do it to, like, medium rare, it looks really rare because the meat color is red. Mm-hmm. And because it's poultry and I have a fear of raw chicken, I thought it was wrong for quite a long time until we started eating it. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Ashley's right. We cooked yeah. it to the right temperature. Yeah, you know when it's... Like, when you eat raw, raw chicken or undercooked chicken, it's, like, not the right... Texture. It's not set up. Yeah. Like, the duck sets up. The other thing that I always forget about duck, it is technically classified as game. Yeah. Like, because it's poultry, or because it's avian, it's a bird, I always go, yeah, it's just chicken. It's not. It's not like chicken. No, not at all. Um, I mean, in that it has a breast that is the shape of chicken. Yes. I guess it's like, but it's, uh, that's probably where the similarities end. Kind of. Yeah, really different meat to work with. So so we've been hesitant to cook anything with duck because it's hard to find the meat. It's expensive it when you expensive. find it. And, you know, you don't want to mess up something that's expensive because you just don't know how to cook it. Yeah. But we really wanted to try it because we've had duck at fancy restaurants and I love duck and you just don't get it ever. No. I mean, the one time we did get it recently, I will agree with you, after having what we made, the one we got from the really fancy restaurant was a little overdone. Yeah, mine was better. <laughs> your di- What was your dish? The scallops? Or, oh, yeah. you mean the duck that the, the, you made? Yes, the doneness of the duck was better. Yeah, uh, the one that we made. Our versus, sauce was better, too. Versus, like, the $35 a plate one yeah. that we got from the fancier restaurant. But yeah, this is very like if you can make it at home, it's better at home. Yeah, it's um, it's not hard, honest. I mean, it's probably the hardest dish we've reviewed so far in yeah, terms of technique. It's, it requires some technique. Like if we had tried to make this maybe a year ago, I don't know if we could have. Uh, maybe a year ago we could have, but two years ago we would have fucked it up. Yeah. But, yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's like you have to be okay with. Also, definitely, like, go to a restaurant and try duck before you try to make duck. Yeah, find out if you like it first. Because some people just don't even like it. Like your mom. Well, your mom would like it if she got out of her own way. Yeah, because it's too exotic or whatever, and I'm like, that's weird. It's a pure mental game for her. Yeah, some people don't like it because they say it's gamey. Some people don't like it because it's poultry, but it's undercooked. By poultry standards, so it kind of freaks people out. Um, I mean, if you're cooking it correctly, and it depends on who you're cooking it for, you can do medium rare to medium. So, and you don't really want to cook it more than medium. No, I think the one that I had at the restaurant was, uh, (laughs) it's like center medium, like whatever that range is. If it looks like pork, then you fucked it up. Yeah, that one was uh, teetering on the edge of pork from the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I'm glad that we tried it. Let's, um, we were gonna do show structure, and then we went off on a tangent again. 
Oh yeah, I just um, wanted to talk about what the recipe is that we're discussing that today, sense. and um, we're gonna review it. We're gonna talk about our first impressions of the recipe, uh, shopping for the ingredients, cooking the recipe, tasting it, and then we're gonna rate it based on our five point rating system. Ease of use, taste satisfaction, cost effectiveness, what the fuck factor, and leftover ability. Wonderful. So, first impressions. <laughs> Ooh, this is actually a weird order. We should flip these this time. Because you got your first impression of the recipe while we were shopping. Mm. Do you remember we were standing in the middle of the farmer's market and I pulled out that recipe? I've seen it. I saw it before that. Oh, well, excuse me. I was, you were like, oh, I have this recipe by... So we went to a farmer's market because there's one near us. And we're like, I really... You know, we're like, we just want to see what it's like, what's going on with it. Because wouldn't it be cool to get, like, fresh farm meat something. or produce or something. Um, since it's, like, 20 minutes from our house. Um, and it was really cool. I mean, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, farmer's markets can be really cool. And I know there are some of you that go to them every goddamn weekend and you hate it. Uh, uh, that's crazy. I... It's expensive. Um, well, they might have bigger <laughs> markets, so their shit's cheaper. Oh, well... We I'm, have very limited options at the one near us, so it's kind of boutique-y. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, I would, and I did. It's in, like, the touristy part of town. Like, it's in Old it's Town. It's in downtown Temecula. Old Town. So... Tourist-trappy. Real touristy. But the, but the farmers that sell there are, like, the same people. They're really nice people. It's just they got, like, a really bougie spot to sell in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's cool, though. I, I got in, kind of inspired and wanted to go um, because, well, one, I wanted to make a really good heirloom tomato salad for my mom's birthday or some hol- I think it was my mom's birthday. I wanted to make heirloom tomato salad with... Peaches. Peaches. Because I saw somebody on YouTube make make that. And I was like, that's the most interesting thing ever. Is like um, caprese salad, but with peaches. So just, you know, mozzarella, tomatoes, peaches, and basil. And like oil and vinegar. And I thought that sounded so interesting. But I wanted to get like really good fresh fruit. So that it actually kind of tasted like something. Unfortunately, it wasn't really peach season, so the peaches didn't turn out, but the tomatoes were delicious because Nick went and got them for the farm, from the farmer's market. And they they were got just, the peaches from the farmer's market, too. It just wasn't the it, right season. Yeah, they were out of season. So it, there's not that much you can do about that. Peaches are really... The fact that they had them at all. Peaches are, like, really crazy. Um, they're really, really picky about season and, like, how you can only have them for, like, two days before they're... A giant bruise and that kind of stuff. But, you know. <laughs> so anyway, so we ended up making this tomato salad and it was, like, amazing. And everyone was like, this is so amazing. I'm like, I know. I know, so, right? So, um, and they're, it, they were, they're, like, the most beautiful colors ever. When you open them, it's, like, there's just swirls of, it's, like, somebody painted a, them or something. It's crazy. So... Um, so that was your first impression of a farmer's market So here. there was that And I was like okay so I know I want to go look at this And then I was watching um, I was watching Chef's Table Which is a Netflix show? Yes 
it's a really popular Netflix show right now, and it's... Is that the one with Roy Choi, or...? No, that's the chef show. Oh, Chef's Table, is it the cooking one? Like, the competition one, or...? No, Chef's Table is, like, the... It's, like, focus... Each episode focuses on one chef. Oh, And they, right. like, interview that... They're all, like, big, famous chefs, and they, like, Chris Bianco, and... I forget the person that did the one i mean several right i watched like i was just kind of binging them while i was working and seeing them up on the screen and one of the main themes i took away from it was that like not only is it better for the environment and for your people and things to shop like organic and direct from the source which would be the farmer because it's you know it can be healthier and it can be more like sustainable for the planet i'm like that's all really important but like you know it's not really convincing me that i need to change because i don't care enough and that's the truth but then i watched this show and they talked about how not only all of that but also it tastes better also you can't get bananas that are bananas anymore you know like you can't get corn in the u.s that's anywhere near original corn from mexico and you there's all these regulations where like you can't grow it here it's against the law and things um that a big industry is doing to keep small businesses from being able to do things like the correct way being able to have more like free-range chickens or not treat their animals like shit and feed them other animals and things like like basically the market is not allowing the people who are trying to do things the right way and produce really quality goods to be able to make money doing it and it's really sad because we're losing culture and food that you know it's like it's like extinct animals you can't get them back like vegetables you know so i was like that's so sad (laughs) what a sad thought that we're going to be out of, like, you know, I think bananas was one of the ones they're talking They're like, there won't be bananas like there used to be um, ever again, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. That's a whole different thing with the bananas, but... Uh, so it's sad, and it's like, I can't go to the farmer's market every week because I can't afford it. No, no, we cannot. Because it's way too fucking expensive. At least ours is. I mean, they all are cause it, because it's expensive to do things better. It's true. So, you know, so these these chefs have these big influential restaurants and they partner with these local local producers producers to keep them in business and, like, try to help fix this problem. And, you know, as a consumer, it's like, yeah, we can be more cognizant of where we're getting our food from. So, So I was like, you know... Maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to go to the farmer's market every once in a while, get something fresh, and, like, help the community of farmers in our area. Um, so, two other things, because I'm going to tack on to my farming knowledge onto this. Um, I believe John Deere is in the process of losing the right to repair legal battle. Uh, be, speaking of big corporations keeping the little man down um i've I've told you about this before with right to repair right Mm -hmm. and john deere says that like you bought the tractor but you're leasing the 
the software from them, so you can't repair the tractor yourself. You have to take it to a John Deere authorized, and it's like super fucking expensive. It's like taking your car to a car dealer, like you can to get it fixed. You can only, yeah, but you can only take it to them, um, or right. like Apple saying that you can't take your phone to uh, secondhand phone repairs. Yeah, you got to go through an authorized Apple. Uh, repair shop or whatever. And you can't open the damn thing yourself because fuck you. Oh, bricked it. Um, yeah. So they're losing that, I think, is the last I heard. They should. So that's, good. that's a good thing for consumers. Uh, also, here's a name that is ever present and uh, nobody really talks about. Monsanto, which is still a company. They... Mm own almost all of the mass production seeds that uh, are planted within the United States. And there's a contract in there because the seeds that they put out are genetically modified GMOs. Literally everything you need is a fucking GMO, so get off that goddamn high horse. Um, Yeah, GMOs aren't necessarily the problem. It's just there's like problematic GMOs and then there's just... GMOs. So, They're not bad in, like, by nature, you know? No, being a GMO is not inherently a bad thing. Cause just, because everything's a GMO. Like, people started making GMOs when they were like, what if we put, what if we planted, like, this seed of this tree that's healthy next to the seed of this tree that's, like, not doing as well, and then saw what came out of that, and, like, the genetics were better on the resulting tree you know, one out of four times or something. And now we have, like, healthier trees and we can feed people. So, yeah, it's a necessary thing. It's like evolution of plants. Yes. So they own all the seeds that are sent out uh, industrially. And in their contract, even if you don't use all of the seeds uh, that farming year... Legally, you cannot reuse those same seeds the next year, and you have to buy new seeds from them. And you can't save the seeds from the plants that you planted last year and replant them. It's against the law. It's that's, against your contract. Which is, that's fucking crazy. Like, mm-hmm. that's your property, and you can't... That's Well, no, they technically own the intellectual property of the modifications that went into that seed because they predict the farming conditions... And then they develop seeds that they think are going to benefit uh, or be most po- prosperous based on the that predicted can, weather conditions. Yeah, and that, I mean that's and where... that's where you get the flavorless food because it's all coming from like two producers, and they're they're just going for like uh, tomatoes. The tomatoes of the farmer markets are way better because oh, the, yeah. the tomatoes you get from the store are not designed to be flavorful. They're designed to be able to travel. So the so you can ship them. So you can ship like them the so they don't get smashed. Thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, no, I mean, you're getting into mass production, which anytime you really mass produce something you're gonna make it worse that's quality is gonna suffer and when it's food quality is flavor that's just necessary um you know so it it's is. like to an extent so it's like that sucks and it, you know we can't there's not really necessarily a great way for everybody to access 
this like organic farm fresh food because now it's like a bougie thing that you have to like pay extra and go out of your way to get which is kind of fucking crazy but well that's what (laughs) that's what people with money do they take simple things and they price the original users out of them um perfect example to stay on the farm pickup trucks pickup trucks used to be cheap as shit you used to get them for like two thousand dollars now this is back in like the 70s when two thousand dollars is a shitload of money but now trucks are like the most expensive cars now now the the same truck like just kind of crazy because why right it's trucks are like 40 50 grand to start for like a low model depending on how big it is which is more expensive than most sedans and suvs and they're the, like yeah, the least S- fuel efficient vehicle. It doesn't make any sense because SUVs like there's more material that you have to put on the car, but it's on the same chassis as the truck usually, right? No, usually uh, most SUVs are on a closer to a sedan platform. So it's just the stupid truck chassis. Uh huh. But it doesn't. Um, I mean, it costs more to make trucks, but the cost <laughs> for the cost for car makers to make a sedan versus an SUV, the difference is negligible, like a couple hundred dollars in cost difference, but they charge thousands, tens of thousands more depending on uh, the model and the brand because of the perceived value by because the public. Because Americans are stupid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's what we do with our food. Isn't it fun? No. Oh, man. It's terrible. Let's get down from this soapbox and talk about duck. It's... Uh... It's so sad. That's that's what's sad to me. I'm like, the food is... it's We're losing the food, you know? We are losing the food. Like, if you've ever... It, tomatoes are the best example. If you ever had a tomato that somebody grew in their yard, it's, it's like... so much different. The best tomato you've ever had in your fucking life. Mm-hmm. Because tomatoes in the grocery store don't taste like anything. Well, that's because the tomatoes in the grocery store were picked six months ago, and they were still green, yeah. and then they were artificially ripened so they could go out on the shelf. Yeah, which, like, people are going crazy, like, all the modifies, it's gonna eat your DNA and you're gonna die, and like, no, that's that's not the issue, this isn't fear-mongering, this is just like... No, this is just talking about <laughs> the flavor quality of the food and enjoying, I think you were talking with your brother about it, where like, like you get a, a corn tortilla now and you're like, this is just like bland paste that's yeah. a vehicle for the delicious meat. Oh, corn, but if you watch all the show, all the shows where you like, they go to Mexico and they, and they make them, watch them making the tortilla. I'm like, that tortilla looks amazing. Yeah, and I bet it tastes really good too. Yeah, like it probably tastes like corn, which because you just made it, and cool. you well, or you made it with a corn that actually has a flavor. Well, that yeah, that's the main thing. Their corn is different, like very different from ours. We produce mostly feed corn, right? So they've got like this ancient corn that's. Like, you know, hard to get, not grown at that many places, expensive to grow, you know. It, it's like with, it's like with anything, but it's like with wine is a really good example of this. If you, if you take away, like, the struggle of the, of the vegetable or the fruit to survive, like, if you take away the survival struggle completely, you don't end up with as much flavor in the end product. No, you. but you get more You of get the more product. of the end product because more of the crop survives. Yes. But, the, but if you force your plants to struggle to survive, 
The more you force your plants to struggle to survive, the flavorful their produce can be. It's like um, it's something what they do with wine, like wine it, that vines that grow on the edge of, or on the edge of like cliffs or down like steep slopes. They or have to rocky soil. They have or, to like grip the soil to stay in the ground, and it makes the grapes more flavorful. It's like when you. It's like this is gonna get real dark for a second. It's like when you get frostbite, and your body starts going. Well, we don't really need those fingers. So, <laughs> yeah. can we just let them go? Yes, because the body will survive. Well, we don't need eight bunches of grapes. We could survive off of six. So, we'll just let those other two bunches die. Mm. And But, so all the, all the flavor and nutrients that were going to those two that we just let die now get concentrated in the other ones. Yeah, and that's also why you, like, can't grow too many too close together and stuff like that, because... You can't in factory farming. Because, yeah, you lo- like, what are you losing? If you've ever had a, just, like, like, a plate of just something, like a sliced tomato with salt or something, something super simple like that, or a piece of beef with salt... You know, like, you see the pictures of those things, and you're like, that looks so beautiful, and I want to eat that. But um, when you try to replicate that at home, it's really disappointing a lot of the time, because you can't get that. You can't get the flavor. whatever they were using in that shot was, like, a really fancy one that they did not get from the store. Yeah. Yeah, so whatever you Or they got it from the store specifically because it looked good for pictures. Right. Right. But it... It's crazy that things can be so tasty just by themselves if you just let them be good and don't mess with them too much. If you didn't grow them specifically to be mass marketed. Yeah. But we also have to feed people, so. It's a balance. There's a lot of things going on there. Anyway, if you got a local farmer's market, check it out. You know, buy a couple. We just kind of bought a couple things to, like, augment our menu for the week we spent an entire week's worth of money on one dish um no yeah no we bought other stuff we bought well okay two dishes yeah and pistachio butter oh i'm sorry pistachio butter it's like 15 dollars. yeah i know that was the ridiculous part well it is pistachios and they're really expensive so either way so we went to the farmer's market to go shopping. Oh, we skipped over first impressions. I'm just doing shopping now. Um, first impressions of the recipe was that it's Chef John, so we're going to be able to do it. We're going to be able to do it if we follow his directions because he gives really good directions, especially for beginners. And um, we already talked about how it's it's a duck orange is like this it's perceived to be this really fancy thing, but it's not. It's really not when you break it down to what it is. Yeah. And Chef John, uh, to go off of what you said, that it's very accessible to beginners. He gives a lot. I think this is the most, like, timing he's actually given. Because most of his videos, he's like, ah, cook it till it feels done. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you'll smell it. You'll know when it's done. But in this one, he was like, Heat the pan for exactly two minutes and cook it for exactly this long if it your duck breast weighs this much. Like, he was getting real specific because he knows 
the exact feeling that we had going into this. Where you're like, ah, oh, fuck, duck, it's expensive and fancy. <laughs> I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah, but the rest of the ingredients mm. in traditional orange. Chef John get an orange. style are, like, very easy to get. Get orange marmalade. So, except for the duck. Except for the duck. He, he was like, okay, the duck's hard, everything else, I'm going to, like, make it super accessible. Yeah, this is this is uh, an example of a recipe that we made that it was not cheap at all and does no. not qualify as cheap. No, 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 because no. it requires a couple things that are not super cheap. So yes, you know. So we thought we'd make, mix it up because all of our dishes are so cheap. <laughs> Did you realize that the other day that everything we've done it's been super cost effective so far? Well, I mean that's most of what we do because we are not. Well, because we're, we're just really budget conscious, because we had to be, you know. We, we had to be for so long, and we'd save our money to spend it in other places. Yeah. We don't need expensive food every day of the week. but we So we just make the good version of what we have. Yes. Yay! Uh, anyway, so yeah, we thought this would be, we were scared to make it, but I really wanted to make it. I was scared to make it. I really want. To, to make duck breasts. So. I was super, like... Like, I really wanted to make this, but the whole time you were like, yeah, let's get duck breasts. I was like, fuck no, we shouldn't get duck breasts. It's a terrible idea. We're going to fuck it up. We're going to ruin it. And it's going to be a big waste of money and effort. And I'm going to feel terrible about myself. <laughs> that is literally what went through my head as you were like, yes, pay the man for the duck breasts. Yes. Yeah. So we, so back, go, yeah, going back to shopping, <laughs> we, okay. uh, we went to a farmer's market, yeah. see the last 30 minutes or 15 <laughs> minutes of that side tangent. And they had like two, like just two skin on perfectly look, perfect looking duck breasts. Do you know what really sold it? The fact that we had to get, why we had to get it. They were already unthawed. Right. They were, they were not frozen. So they had a lot of frozen meat. But not the duck breast. They're like, oh, it's fresh right it's now. It's fresh, ready to go right now. And I'm like, we have Whoa. to get it. They have it. It was like 30 bucks. So. <laughs> it's Bill. We have to go. We kept being like, okay, but, okay, but it's $30 okay. for two big breasts. And we paid like 35 or 40 at the fancy restaurant for, for one plate. For just the entree for one plate. So. So it okay already. Like, you're saving money. So long as we don't fuck it up. Yeah. Which I was super afraid of the whole time. It really sucked. Yeah, it was fine. I had a lot of anxiety about this one. It's it like when fine. it's like when you want to buy fancy steak, and I'm like, mm mm, mm mm, and then it always turns out good. Yeah, usually fancy steak because it's more forgiving. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Like, if you're gonna get. Uh, duck or a steak, any like nice cut of meat. The nicer you, the more you spend on the cut of meat, like within reason. But yeah, the more you spend, the better the cut is gonna be, and the more forgiving it's gonna be for you to cook it. Mm-hmm. So you know, so if you're trying to like cheap out and you get like the cheapest duck breast you can find, then you're gonna have a very small window of success. You might have a hard time because it, it's not as good a quality, and it's not gonna forgive you as much. Yeah, like with a steak, it's the same same thing. Chicken, same. 
<laughs> um, I remember we were going to that farmer's market, and I was like, we should do a lap around first before we start buying stuff. And you walked right up to the meat, and you were like, duck breast, buy it now. And I was like, what about the lap? And you're like, no, duck I want breast. it now. Give me Give me it. Give me it. Yeah. Then we did our lap. They were nice <laughs> enough to hold on to it for us until we were to leave. Yes. Very fine gentleman. Yeah, he was nice. So then we did a lap around. We saw there was a jelly guy. Oh, there was a jellies and jams guy and, and nut buy, butter guy. And I want to buy all of this shit. And it's so expensive, but it's oh. so delicious. Yes. So we got, so you need, for this recipe, we need marmalade. And I was like, I bet that guy has marmalade. And, and guess it would what be, he had. it would be way better than just something from the store. Oh, I've had the stuff from the store. It's gross. Even the good one. I don't think it's gross, but. I think it is. It's, it's super <laughs> sugary, garbagey sweet. It's not this. It's not this. No, this is like, well, it literally is. Somebody made it at home. It was so good. The it marmalade, was so good. The marmalade was delicious. And it's part, it's like part of the base of the sauce. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like you're trying to make, if you're going to try and make something good and fancy, like don't, don't skimp too much because you're going to sell yourself short. Like there's a, um, there's a brand of jelly. It's that like $6 jelly oh, yeah. that we buy. And that would have been the only other one that I would consider subbing in there. If you put like Smucker's orange marmalade in this, it's going to be gross. I don't think it'll be gross, but it won't be. I think it's going to be so sweet. Yeah, it'll be on like the sweeter side. Like sugar sweet. That was my like biggest worry with the, with duck all orange was that it was going to be super candy sweet. Mm. But we we sprung for the good shit. But we got the good marmalade, and while yeah, it was sweet, it was in- incredibly orangey. Like you got a little so bit of balanced. bitterness of the peel, but not too much, and it just had that like real sweet orange flavor without being candy. So that was lovely. So find your local jams and jellies and nut butter guy. Or you can make your own. It's Everybody's, actually, marmalade's not hard to make. Everybody's got a jams and jellies and nut butter guy. I don't know why you make your own. <laughs> you can make your own. Google it. Uh, Binging with Babish did one. I think uh, Chef John did a marmalade. Oh, Chef John does a marmalade too. Yeah. I like the Babish one better because uh, you get to watch a little bit of Paddington Bear. Okay. Because it's inspired by Paddington Bear, which... Fucking what? Paddington Bear, the live action, air quotes, Paddington Bear movies are rated so goddamn well on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. That's weird. Like, I think the first Paddington Bear is like 98% for like an audience and critic score. And then there's Paddington Bear 2, which has like a 96%, which usually the sequels to those kinds of movies are shit. Yeah. But, anyways, Paddington Bear makes marmalade in the first movie. Because <laughs> he's British, yeah. I guess. Because it was the Queen's favorite. I mean, I love marmalade. My grandparents always used to have marmalade, and I love it. And, <coughs> and most people in my family don't, except for my dad. Well, I love it. So, I'm like, you know. You know. Uh, so, then we kept wandering around the little farmer's market. And then, who did we find but... Uh, Big old hippie. That motherfucker had oranges. Yeah, this this guy had like avocados and a bunch of citrus fruits. And we just happened to see his sign for Valencia oranges for 50 cents an orange. And I'm like... Well, I mean... Well, it's a Valencia orange. It's 50 cents orange. I gotta get that. Gotta try that. And this dude, he was so stoned because we walked up and we're like, <laughs> can we get these oranges? And he, he didn't even... He was just like, you ever had my oranges? 
Yeah. We're and I was like, like no, no, obviously not. Can I get them? Oh, man, the juiciest. He was, like, selling us on the thing we already had in our hand to buy. And I was like, cool. And then we had them, and uh, that motherfucker was right. Oh, my God. They were the best oranges. They were the best oranges the best I've oranges. ever had. They smelled like... That... Like the orangiest, because we had to zest it to use some of the zest in this in the duck orange. Um, actually, the juice didn't go in the duck orange. We used them for just eating. <laughs> yeah, we bought but, really nice oranges just to zest them. Yeah, but then we and ate the oranges it. and they were delicious. Like, yes, they didn't go to waste. Um, but the zest, like it smelled like the orangiest orange smell. Mm-hmm. you've ever smelled in the whole house and i was just like oh my god this is like one orange <laughs> if ashley said at the time if you've ever been on soaring over california oh yeah you're going a through california the orange disney. field um, disney california disneyland california adventure california adventure <laughs> but they also do it in florida at epcot oh okay it used to be soaring california now it's soaring the world for both but yeah way. yeah when it was soaring soaring over california there there was a Part of the ride where, where they, they go flew the over fields, the orange groves. And they sprayed a little orange scent. And it was wonderful. Oh, it and I felt like it was like there. That. Yeah, that guy, like, he embodied the reason why you go to farmer's markets. Yeah, it was just cool. Like, there was that guy and there was this, uh, the woman we brought heirloom tomatoes from there that was talking to somebody about her chickens. She's like, oh, my chickens have, their eggs have the darkest yolks because I only feed them, like... The stuff that's on the farm. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, what? And we didn't buy eggs from her. No, we didn't. Bought eggs from some other asshole, and they were fine. They were fine. We should have bought eggs from we her. Should have bought eggs from her. We'll buy eggs from her next time. Yeah, it was really cool to though, because I was worried that we would go there, because it's a touristy place. I was worried if we, that we would go there and it would be like a bunch of people that are just fucking employees of big businesses selling uh, selling you the, the shit that you can get in whole foods which isn't shit but you know what i mean like it's it's mass produced still yeah which so, was some of those tables some of them were yes but some of them like the farmers had a bunch of pride in what they were selling and they're like yeah i grow this in my yard and it's you know my parents went back to went to that same farmer's market a couple weeks later and they found the hippie dude because i described him perfectly <laughs> um and he, they were just chatting with my parents. The guy was like, you ever had my avocados? No. And he's like, oh, here. And he just opened up an avocado and gave it to them in the middle of the farmer's market. They bought some. Yeah. But, you know, like I'm like, that's cool. You don't get to do that. Right. Yeah. And if, like, a lot of uh, open air markets in other countries and things, like, it's expected that you will try get the food. a little food. taste. Yeah. So it was really cool. Glad we went. Mm-hmm. Spent so much money. Yeah, we did. But we only spent a dollar for two of those oranges. Two of those oranges. And they were the best thing we bought. Like, like, the dark breast was really good, but... But for, like, the satisfaction to dollar value ratio... I was like, I'm obsessed with these fucking oranges. Like, I had no... I was expecting, like, grocery store quality orange at minimum. And it blew my mind for so so cheap. Yeah. (laughs) My head totally exploded. And then, did we buy anything else from there that went into the dish? I know we bought tomatoes. Mm, yeah. Did nope. we? No. That was it, right? Everything else came from our pantry or what we've made. or We realized after we got home and we're making it that the recipe actually calls for a duck fat. 
like, so you're going to render the duck fat, but it calls for duck fat. You didn't need it. Like, to start the rendering. It didn't need it. It was per. We used canola oil. It was perfectly fine. Yes, it was, but if you if had you duck, have fat, duck fat, use it to keep that ducky flavor. Yeah, if you and I was like, we were just at the. They probably were selling it. Yeah, like, and it would have been like eighty dollars an ounce or no, something. No, it would not. It would not. <laughs> it wouldn't. So. Eh. And we could have used it for other stuff too. So, uh, you know. But anyway, if it's, we we did use uh, just a neutral oil. Canola oil. Because it's like a very, very shallow fry. It's just so it does the pan isn't completely dry when the duck goes in. Yeah. That's the only You don't reason. want the skin to stick. And you you're gonna render a ton of fat out of the skin, so you you'll end up with duck fat in your pot anyway. <laughs> you know, so you still get the duck fat flavor in your sauce. Um, but if you have access to duck fat, like it would probably be even better. We have duck fat now. We saved the rendered one. That's true, we did. Because <laughs> um, it made that much that there made was... that much that was worth saving. More than we needed for the... Just but, the pan sauce. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the other thing that we couldn't really get is sherry vinegar which like a lot of recipes that we were trying to make at one point called for sherry vinegar but we never found it including this one and i like i can't we couldn't find it i we'd probably have to order on amazon or something maybe and we i looked to like can you sub sherry wine no well we did no we didn't yes we did did we i thought we went with um nope rice wine you wanted to do that and i was like i don't want to do that we're gonna use sherry okay and it worked so, <laughs> and when we've done this before, when we've done things that need cherry vinegar before, we have just used dry cherry. Uh, I believe that it's not the same flavor, but no, it's not. sherry is like a really specific flavor. It's it's uh, it's almost like, or it's it's the equivalent of when you're making uh, that chicken dish. Oh, yeah, the one with the chicken? With mushrooms, Madeira. Uh, oh. Uh, it's chicken, not... Uh, ma- not masala. Um, marsala. Is chicken mar- marsala. And it uses Madeira wine. It uses marsala wine. Marsala wine. But there's other things that you, that are similar that use Madeira wine, and they're, you know, this uses sherry. Um, you don't really want sherry cooking wine. Because it'll it works it'll work in a pinch it's just not gonna taste the best. Um, get just a regular dry sherry that's reasonably cheap is, I feel like is your best bet for that kind of thing because it's got this really specific flavor. That's all I had. We just bought um, some sherry from the grocery store. Yeah, and it was like a ten dollar bottle, which is. It was like a big bottle too. Yeah, it was, well, it's a full size wine bottle. Yeah. So. And I mean, you can keep it for a long time. And it's wine. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done it before. We did it in this case. It works fine if you just get. If you can just find sherry, you'll be fine. <laughs> um. Also, if you ever go to a winery and they have sherry, like we found a couple that do, it's really interesting to taste. Like, good sherry, because eh, it's just unique. Um, It's got this, it's like super caramely is the best way I can describe it. If it's good. 
It's usually got, most versions of it have a caramel flavor. It's like, it's like a caramel with like fruit. Hmm. And not, not the one we're using. Yeah, no, it is. It, it has that, has that quality. Oh, I don't taste any of that. Maybe I just can't taste. If you just drank it, you'd be like, yuck, but it yeah. has, it, that's the flavor that it lends. It's almost like caramel apple. It's not, but it kind of is. So, you know, I, that's the flavor it gives your food. So if you have sherry vinegar, use it. Otherwise, sherry wine will do in a pinch. Totally. It works. Um, and then there's more alcohol in this dish. Yes. And this one, he recommends Grand Marinier, which we didn't have. Um, he also broadly he says, says... He says you can use triple sack. Do not do that. That's gross. I mean, unless you have the highest quality triple no, sack. it's gross. If you have triple sack, throw it away. Mm, there's some high quality triple sack. But that's never well, the one we've had. Triple sack is the worst. We always have just the shit filler one that... Like the... the De Kuiper? De Kuiper? Yeah. Which is just garbage <laughs> sugar liquid. Um, I don't like triple sec. It, I don't care for it either. So we have dry curacao, which is something we were turned on to by the... How to drink? How to drink guy. Yes, on YouTube. He has a channel, How to Drink. I don't remember his name right now. I don't either, but the channel's really fun if you like cocktails. He does all kinds all he's, kinds of cocktails. He's very much like binging with Babish. Started out, Babish mm-hmm. started out doing food from movies and tv pop culture and he does drinks inspired by pop culture mm-hmm. he also does other drinks uh and stuff but mm-hmm. uh greg that's his name that's, greg from yes, Drink. greg <laughs> uh so if you're looking for some fancy cocktails but also so he does ones that are like way over the top but then he does really accessible ones he does too. really be- yeah he does you know compilation videos that are just like five of the best uh Tiki drinks or gin, rum, gin, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes they're just really. Sometimes he just does like how which three ingredients make the best um, margarita or something, and does oh, like a like a matrix. Yeah, just stop doing those because he kept getting sick. He might die. Yeah, because he was like trying all of them. He did it like three times to determine which one was better. It was really interesting, you know, because you'd vary the alcohol and the like lime and whatever. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so if you have Grand Marnier, that would probably work great for this sauce. Stay away from the really cheap orange liqueurs. You really, yeah, it's going to be sugary and gross. Dry Curacao is not super expensive. It's like $30 a bottle. Yeah. That's expensive for a liqueur. It is. It's really good in, like, everything. Like, if you like Cosmopolitans... It's yes. Just it's, throw away whatever orange liqueur you have and sub it for dry curacao. So. It's it is thirty dollars a bottle, but it is a liqueur, so it's one of those things that you use like an ounce at a time or half an ounce at a you know. So it lasts a while as yeah. long as you're not making drinks with that constantly. I brought that stuff over to, uh, to a party your mom was at one time, and we went through most of the bottle. Well, because we were making like cosmos. And yes, stuff. I know. It's really good in the cosmo. Um, so the other thing that we used, we had homemade chicken stock. Yes. Uh, it calls, if you don't have homemade, which I'm assuming most people don't, just get the best quality chicken stock you have. Yeah. 
if you can, you know, get the best one you can find in stores. Make sure it's stock, not broth. Broth is more watery. Stock, I believe the difference is that stock uses bones and broth doesn't. Um, so it has more gelatin? The difference is whether or not they're roasted. Broth is not, stock is roasted. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to get more flavor from roasting. Mm-hmm. You're bringing out a more complex flavors roasting. Yeah. Um, so you want, for this especially, you want stock. I don't really know why broth even exists anymore, but... <laughs> it's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's... I think this would work. This This is like... It would probably work with cheap ingredients, but there's just not that many ingredients. So it's like everything is going to matter. Yeah. And if you were just doing chicken breast, you know, you could get away with experimenting with the cheap stuff. Yeah. Or if you have access to really cheap duck and you can do this yeah, any given that's, night. That's and it doesn't true. matter to you. Although, I mean, I have to say pan sauces in general, which is what basically this is. this is what this is, but a pan sauce is just. Um, taking the meat, the fawns, the leftover brown bits from the meat, and adding some kind of fat, like butter, oil, something like that, uh, and then a stock, and, you know, sometimes there's cream, sometimes not, but it's, it's, I think it's mostly those components, though. It's fat, meat leavings, and stock of some kind, and you basically just kind of stir that together until you get... Like a reduced down sauce. Mm-hmm. And it's so good, and it tastes like the concentrated version of what you're eating. So that's um, why you got to have all the good shit with it, because it's really going to pop. Right, if you don't, so the backbone of it is a good stock, and if you don't have a good stock, it's just not going to, it's going to be a little flat. Yeah. So we've made a bunch of these pan sauces uh, based on binging with Babish's. Basics with Babish pan sauces. (laughs) We're dropping a bunch of names that aren't Chef John this episode. Well, we watch a lot of people. But, okay, basics. All all credit to Chef John for this recipe. Now let's talk about Babish. Yes. Basics with Babish has an episode where he does, like, three different examples of pan sauce. And I just thought it was really interesting because I'd never, like, you've had this when you go to restaurants all the time. You just didn't know how they made it. Yeah. Like, uh, one of them is a steak steak sauce with like wine and it's it's awesome it's so good it's and then there's chicken sauce chicken pan sauce with wine and then pork but done with bourbon yeah the pork one has pork one's really good it has like cream and bourbon which you wouldn't think those two would go together but they do yeah, it does. And stock again, right? But one of the main things that he says is you really want to use a homemade stock in this because it, it's like most of the flavor. Yeah. So. Can we pause? We're going to, I'm going to go to the bathroom really quick. All right, we'll be right back. You won't even notice unless, because, and for you. All right, anyway, <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back from Nick's trip downstairs to get us more drinks. I went to the bathroom and got drinks. But maybe not in that order. Did I wash my hands? Who knows? Probably not. I did. Shut up. I was touching ice. I had to wash my hands. I'm not that much of a monster. I mean, that's... I'm impressed genuinely by that information. Thank you. Um, I'm learning. (laughs) Only took 29 years. Okay, I just found used ear cleaners on your desk. I didn't say I was perfect. Today. 
It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> Do you want me to make that finding even grosser? Uh, no. Those are from yesterday. <laughs> I forgot they were there, and I don't look that part of my desk that much. Oh, he has nasty ears. I do. I have gross ears. Well, there's just ear smudges all over his stupid work paper that he insists on having. Yeah, I do insist on having it. It's convenient. Mm. Even though there's gross ear smudges on it. Gross. Um. But we're not talking about how gross I am. <laughs> We're talking about cooking. Talking about cooking something Duh. delicious that doesn't include earwax. Yay! Although I bet there is a recipe for that somewhere. I mean, there's something for everyone on the <laughs> internet. Uh, to summarize, shopping, you should seriously consider making chicken stock at home. It's awesome. It's not that hard. Save your chicken bones from wings and roasts and... Literally anything. Anything you have. Save the bones. Uh, if you don't want to do that, go buy a big thing of chicken wings and roast them and put them in your stock. <laughs> but yeah. if not, if you don't want to do any of that, just buy the best quality uh, that you can justify affording. Yes. For these ingredients. I just can't stress enough that since we started making our own vegetable stock and, and chicken, chicken stock, stock, we cannot go back. No. I mean, we it depends on the recipe, right? Some recipes doesn't matter that much. We definitely use store-bought sometimes. We use it all the time because we don't have an unlimited supply of it. Yes, because but... it, it takes time to make stock and you only get so much out of it. But it is so, so worth it for recipes where stock is a big component. Yep. Um, It's not the same it's not the same at all it's really not <laughs> so uh i'm gonna stop plugging chicken stock homemade stocks <laughs> <laughs> if anyone remembers my episode where we talked about vegetable stock where uh, it looks which and smells tastes like and tastes dirt. like trash but oh trash even better it's like really good and stuff <laughs> which yeah we just used it actually in our mushroom cream of mushroom we made homemade homemade cream of mushroom soup which is delicious and part of it was uh required like vegetable stock so we used our homemade uh which had some mushrooms in it so it was like even more mushroomy flavor mushroomy it came out so good um it's a very strange stock it is it's many it, uses it sounds very unappetizing but it's worth the effort Yes, and if you have to compost, because a lot of cities are making people compost, like have a little trash can on your counter where you throw food waste, if you have to do that, anyway, like just save some of it in the freezer and make stuff with it. You if know? you have to separate your trash, may as well make your trash work for you. Yeah, and we have a tiny freezer, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> we have one fridge, it's not big, and it's a side-by-side, -side, so the freezer is like... Very tiny. You can't fit shit in there. Nope. Um, like maybe a small frozen chicken, but not a turkey, you know? Yeah. So, anywho. Um, oh, we were cooking. Now we're oh going to talk about cooking. My brain's just... Nah. Cooking this bad boy. We were I'm, really nervous about cooking it, but we followed the directions pretty exactly, and it came out perfect. Yes. No, There were no issues. Yeah, this is definitely one of those ones where 
like I said in the beginning, Chef John gave like very specific directions. And if you've ever watched his video his before, his catchphrase is, that's just you cooking. You'll just figure it out as you go. Look for these signs and <laughs> you're going to be good. Yeah. In this one, he was very much like, no, do this, do that, now do that. Like, And it turns out there was a reason. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I think he just says stuff like that because he gets too many comments being like, well, you didn't say exactly how long to do this. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be your babysitter. I don't know. I didn't time it. How should I? Why would I tell you? I'm giving you the recipe. Like, you figure it out. You figure it out. That's just (laughs) you cooking. Yeah. That's That's his equivalent of bless your heart. That's just you cooking. Go fuck yourself. Kind of. He's like, don't bitch at me because you can't figure out how to, like, not burn onions or something, you know? Right. Well, if they're already done, then take them off early. That's just you cooking. That's just you cooking. (laughs) Right? Uh, So I totally get it. I totally get it. But this one has really good directions. And, like, you gotta follow them all. I'm sorry. I bet that burp's really loud in your ear. Probably. Gross. Uh, you gotta... Okay, so there's the scoring on the duck. It sounds dumb, and if you haven't seen it done before... No way, it's not dumb. If you haven't seen it done before and seen how it works, it does work very well, like, to really, to render fat, because you got more exit points than just the sides, so you don't get, like, all the fat clumped up in the middle where it can't get out. Well, it's also, um, so you score something like... Like this, like the duck breast, because it has the skin, then the fat, then the then the meat that you want to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, you score it to let the fat render out, but also like with big pork chops um, or even steaks with a big fat cap. But pork chops are most common. If you sever the fat, it stops it from rolling up. Right, it stops it from curling. So if you if you didn't score this duck breast probably the ends would lift up and not cook evenly at the tips. Yep, because the fat, like, pulls, it shrinks and pulls everything up. So So if you score it, not only does it render better, it doesn't, it probably stops it from rolling up. And it just lets the salt, the seasoning, get in down to the meat Down to the meat, yeah. But you only score it on the uh, the skin side. Don't score the meat. Yeah, you just score the skin, and it looks really cool. You get this cool little grid pattern when you mm-hmm. fry it. It looks freaking beautiful, like pork cracklings. <laughs> yeah. And, like, if you've seen somebody cook pork belly, like, braise it or, like, slow cook it or bake it kind of thing, um, they always score it like a grid pattern so that you get, like, the cracklings at the top. Yeah. This looks a lot like that, and it looks so appetizing. Um, and, oh, God, come on, Nick. You can think today. I used all my brain power earlier, <laughs> apparently. Um, so, yes, follow his directions. They're very specific for a reason this time, it turns out. Uh, if you have a stainless steel pan... Definitely want to do that um, yeah. for any pan sauce. Oh yeah! If you only have nonstick, you might that might be tough. It's gonna be hard because you can't. The problem is you can't get it hot enough. Well, you could do it in this one, but nonstick doesn't sear as effectively because one of the things that's great about stainless um, when you're searing is uh, stainless won't like the meat won't release from the pan until it's done rendering 
you can pull it and rip it. Right, but like it, the Maillard reaction will complete, and then you'll and, be able to easily remove the meat. So there's a, like a way to tell. And so the but if you have nonstick, it's not going to hold that spot as well. So it's not going to keep that same even browning. Yeah. So stainless steel all the way. If, if you, you don't <laughs> have a stainless pan. They're not really that expensive, but you do have to make sure that they have the right kind of bottom, right? Like, they have to have the kind that indu- that conducts heat. Well, no, that's only if you want induction. If you want- there's a thing where, like, the bottom can be, like, like sh- shitty, for lack of a better word, or thin or something, or not. Well, there's, um, like, we have an all, not an all-clad. We have a Calphalon, I think. Um, there's the... I think we got it for free because somebody didn't want it. No, we bought it with a gift card. That was the oh. other... That's the other <laughs> one. Um, that's right. So, the cheaper you go on the pan, the less even the heating is going to be. Yeah, um, because there's something about the bottom of the pan. There's, like, a name for something bottom pan, and it's that's what spreads the heat. It kind of... It's like why you would use uh, cast iron because it's because the bottom spreads the heat evenly. Well, I know that there's it's like five ply or seven ply, um, which is just layers. So like stainless steel is a um, stainless steel is on its own is a terrible conductor of even heat, but the but stainless steel pans are made. Anything of quality is at least three. Usually five is better. You can go up to seven. Uh, layers of layering between, I think it's copper and stainless steel. Is it copper bottom that I'm thinking of? No, you're... No. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you seem like you're trying to figure out how to use induction, which needs to be magnetic. No, that's not it. There's a there's a name. It's like something bottom stainless steel pan and that's what you need but i think we're just i think we're saying the same thing like it has to be thick enough it has to be a good enough pan that it'll conduct the heat correctly otherwise i won't do you any favors but like if you just have one like stainless steel 12 inch skillet that'll take you really far <laughs> there's tri-ply stain yeah i see here all clad stainless steel tri-ply i don't know what you're talking about for the bottom. I don't know. I mean, so yes, stainless steel is best. You could do cast iron if that's all you had, but you're not going to get the good pan sauce with it. Yeah, the problem with the cast iron is that you it's you're trying to get like a liquid, like a very um, watery sauce to reduce, and when you have cast iron, there's like a lot of debris on the bottom. Just kind of naturally. It's going to make your pan, or it's going to make your sauce all muddy, and it's going to pick up the flavors of whatever else you've cooked in there. Yeah. And depending on what you're using, if it's acidic, it's going to strip away right. the non-stick, no, the, the seasoning. Yeah, this might strip. Yeah, well, oranges are acidic. Yeah. There's a lot of orange flavoring in here. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it's like technically you could do this in a non-stick, but... It, it'll it just be hard. Um, yeah, I guess you could do it in a non-stick, but I, I, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. 
Um, there's something else I was going to say about this. Um, oh, man. What was it? Like, if you basically, if you like seared meat, get yourself a stainless steel pan. Yes. <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um, you got me going on, like, pan construction now in my head. You continue your thoughts. If it comes to me, I'll say it. I couldn't remember it either. But um, but that's like the whole thing, though, with pan sauces. If you use stainless steel, you get all this fond to stick to the bottom, and then you deglaze it with some kind of alcohol, like wine or something. You even do it with water if you're just cleaning. Or, yeah, stock or water. You're deglazing it, picking up all the stuff, and then like rendering it. Uh, like high heat, high medium heat. You can do but. whatever you want. Whatever it was at is fine. The only the only time I've ever seen somebody um, is Babish when he said to turn off the heat when you were putting in like bourbon mm, because yeah. he's using gas stoves. Because it can yeah, it so could it be can dangerous. Be yeah, <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, I, that's the whole thing. You're making a sauce out of like the fat juices and and fond of the meat in the same pan. So we That's did, a one pan meal. Oh my god. <laughs> we did our, ours in our stainless. Um, the only thing that I will say, if you're like us and you have an electric stove, our stainless steel pan is a frying pan, which has a rounded bottom. Uh, so it does not sit flat on our stove. It works great for gas because the burners have a little slot in the middle. For that rounded <laughs> bottom to sit into. Oh, yeah. So consider that uh, you might need a skillet, like the high-walled ones, because those ones sit flat. Uh, if you have an electric stove, that's something to remember. Yeah, we do have an electric stove. Soon everyone might have an electric stove. Only new builds. Hooray. The science is still out on that, whether or not it's actually <laughs> bad for you. You know... But it seems to be leaning towards... Is anyone really that surprised that we've all been breathing toxic chemicals? No. From one source or another. But I, I can appreciate in, in large cities it's pretty dangerous and probably causes a bunch of uh, problems in children. 13% of childhood asthma cases were linked back to the gas stove in their house. That seems like how... Would, how did you prove how that? How would you prove that? But... But I also, that doesn't surprise me, right? And, like, I, my take on it is at the end of the day, if if we really do have to use gas or induction stoves. Electric or induction. Or, I'm sorry, electric or induction stoves. Um, they're way easier to clean, number one. And number two, you can always cook with gas outside. Yeah, you can still just get a propane grill or burner or something. If you want to cook with fire, you can. You just can't do it inside. It's not the end of the world. We've gotten pretty good at it. It's not my favorite, but if they're going to make them hard to get, then I'll just live with it. They, I can, like The only thing I can say for them is that they are so easy to clean and it's so nice. They're also better at boiling water. Yeah, they can boil water they, faster. They do heat things faster because the heat transfer efficiency... Between gas and electric, uh, electric is higher. Mm-hmm. The efficiency is like 80% for electric uh, versus 60% for gas. The biggest problem, or one of the biggest problems we have with it, with electric, is that um, when you turn the heat off on a burner, it's still hot. 
Yeah, so if you need precision cooking, it's definitely harder. So you got to be moving your pans off of the burner. <laughs> like, you can't just turn it off and leave it there, you know? And if you're like us, you're usually cooking with more than one burner at a time. So you're moving your pans all over the place. And, and... you're just trying to find space for this hot-ass pan to go. <laughs> yes, so it thankfully our countertops are, like, heat-resistant, so we don't have an issue there, but, you know. Not everybody's so lucky. Right, exactly. Um yeah. So yeah, stainless steel pans. They're good. Get one. Find one you can afford. I would re- I would recommend having just one that is like a 12-inch skillet that you can rent like that you can uh sear meat in because you want I mean, if you just want like a really nice steak, you really don't want to cook that on the grill. No. Well, it you depends. Can. It's not just, a thick steak. Right. A thick steak it's much harder. It's much easier to do something like a reverse sear. Or, you know, sear it and then put it in the oven kind of process. And it's much easier to, to control that on your stove. Yeah. So. So I'm looking at your notes here for uh, to get back to duck, which is like steak, but made of chicken. But Made of bird. <laughs> um, it's like the steak of chicken. It's like the steak of chicken, <laughs> but it's duck. Uh, you said that the timing ended up being just right. It didn't. We cooked ours longer than his recommended. Like by another minute or so. But he also said by weight. And so ours were probably, at least one of them was slightly bigger than the other. But we cooked it for another minute at least. Past his recommended time. I guess, I think I meant like the searing, I think I meant like the fat rendering time was right. Oh yeah, that was perfect. And then like when he said to take it and flip it, that worked out. And then we just had to. We, we had to cook it just a little bit cook more. It on yeah, a little bit longer to make sure that the meat was like done enough. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, for cooking the skin, um, I've always done um, when like oh you gotta get a sear, gotta do high heat. Mm-hmm. And Chef John and his thing was very specific. He was like do medium heat, and I was like, but that's not gonna work. But uh, it does. But it does, and this is why you listen to the goddamn professional chefs, Nick. <laughs> Because they fucking know what they're talking about, you Yeah, idiot. the problem is if you try to... And the other thing we learned recently was you can't just put, like, meat on a dry pan because... You, you can, not if you want to... There's very specific situations where you can. Yes. If you if you want to be able to make a pan sauce, you want to be able to use the same pan. You can't put you it can't in a dry pan. You can't do that because gonna it's going to burn onto the pan. Well, especially if you have to cook more than one piece of meat in the same pan. Yes, it's going to burn onto the pan, and you won't be able to use, use the, the pan. Pond. Yeah. So that's why he does a little bit of oil, medium heat. Mm-hmm. He very specifically says to heat the oil for two minutes. That's why I call this a shallow fry, because you're, like, frying the fat. Well, yeah, it's a very thin layer of oil, but then the fat builds so much that you're basically frying it. I get that now. You're frying the thin layer of fat on top of it, because... And you have to do it slowly because it's very, like, like yeah. it's burnable, you know? It is very burnable. <laughs> but, yeah, that medium heat, and you, you just trust the medium on it, and you cannot flip it until the nope. one time it... Till, and then when you flip it, it's, like, angels. Oh, yeah. When we flip... You know when you see people cooking, like... Like professional chefs on your show. Pork belly or duck or whatever. Get the flip and mm. see the the one side and the fat just looks like the best 
bacon ever. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually looked That's like that, like. and we were so excited. Not, never done that before. It was so wonderful to see. It was so exciting. We were so excited. We were like, this looks so beautiful. Um, but yeah, you if you just follow the, the directions, you may need to cook a little bit longer, depending on the size. But... Yeah, I mean, you can... He tells you the weight of his duck breast to match his time. You can always use a quick thermometer, too. Or a little instant read thermometer. Instant read thermometer. Yeah. To temp. Definitely should have one of those on hand. If you uh, don't, I don't know how you're cooking thick pieces of meat. Uh, the poke test. Or the time test. The old poke poca yeah, The old poke poca <laughs> Yeah, but it's hard. It's kind of hard, hard to know. It's hard if you net well, especially if it's not something you cook all the time, like duck. Right. You have to be really familiar with the meat. You have to have. It's like you just have to have done it a hundred times before you can touch it and know. No. Yeah. Um, I'm getting better, but it's hard. So it is. Uh, since this is like a big, thick piece of meat, like a chicken breast kind of thing, like why if you have an instant read thermometer just use it read it so okay so you finished cooking your duck and so that then you're just reducing your stuff and your the other stuff in the sauce it's pretty easy at that point yeah making the pan sauce is like really straightforward it's i think he gives a very specific order to dump things into the pan for Mm -hmm. but other than that i mean yeah there's there's some timing but it's really really easy you'll know um and now we're going to plate it. Yeah, we were kind of, so, you know, sometimes when we were, we were each going to eat a breast, you know, a breast each. Um, so we're like, well, we could just plate the whole breast. But in pictures of Duck Larange and... Like every picture. Yeah, and in this recipe, he cuts it, he cuts it, slices it up and then plates it. And we're like, well, maybe we should just do that. Just because. Um... We let it, after we let it rest for the recommended amount of time, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Really, really important. Never understood the importance of it. If you cut your meat right after it's done, all the juice will run out, the meat will become dry, and you'll be sad. And that's why it's important. I would ruin a lot of meat by cutting it right, right away. Um, so we let it rest, and then we decide, We eventually decided to carve it on the cutting board before plating it. Yep, I was like, I'm just gonna carve it. We'll be fancy. It was the good, it was the right call because um, when you sauce it, you you're able to get the sauce like all over all the meat, basically, instead of just on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, and it looks really pretty. <laughs> it does. The his recipe probably makes too much sauce because uh, we ended up throwing some away. But I don't know how to account for that. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe <laughs> he reduced his more so there wasn't as much left over, but... Maybe. I feel like ours was... Ours was pretty reduced, though. Great. But, yeah, it's... Pan sauce is just kind of like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you end up with too much and... But there's no other way to make it. You you can't really save it. It doesn't... No, it does not reheat. It just separates. Yeah. Yep. So... Definitely recommend carving it so you can get that nice saucy serve. And then you just inhale it. If you have steak knives, time to break them out. Because you can do... You can cut it with, like, a butter knife, but... Yeah, so it's not hard to cut with a butter knife. No, but you'd feel really just like, oh, gentle glass. 
That's I've, what I do when I cut my meat, when I have, like, a fancy knife. I'm just like, oh. If I, like, am eating meat and it needs a steak knife, I'm kind of, like, upset that the meat's that, that rubbery, you know? <laughs> I think I'd, I'd like some eventually, but definitely low on the priority list yeah well to me it's like if you're cutting your steak with a steak knife like i messed up the steak because it shouldn't be that hard to cut i can see how you'd say that and also when i serve steak a lot well depending on what it is right but a lot of time when i serve steak i cut it up like to plate so you know um it's theoretically your meat should not need a steak knife to cut yeah, but that doesn't mean it's uh, not nice to have a steak knife. I suppose. Um, you can put that extra fancy knife and have 50 knives and 50 forks in your place setting. See? <laughs> the more pillows and the more silverwares you have on your table, the fancier you are. Fact. Yeah. Yeah, we had, like, five decorator pillows on the bed at our old house. I got kind of over that. I was super over it. Now we only have four. (laughs) We only have... We have four. Yeah, we have four. So you only got rid of one. (laughs) It's not... You act like it's a big deal. It's not that many. You just said we had, like, five, and I got over that. But now we have four, and you think it's perfect. Well, it looks nice. Dang it. <laughs> um, Anywho, what does that, what does decorator pillows have to do with the taste of this duck? Mm-hmm. Fancy. Fancy. Yeah, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but this came out so good and to us really doesn't feel like a fancy restaurant food. It feels like a nice, hearty, like, like home-cooked thing that's so good. You know, it's, it's, uh... Yeah, but you'll find this in fancy restaurants. You'll find it in fancy restaurants. And it was like no contest between this and the... The one that we had. One that we had kind of recently. I was like, this ours, is way better than that. This is way better. Uh, they were definitely going for a more savory duck breast in their flavoring, but they also overdid it. And that was... I didn't realize how much they overdid it until we had this. Yeah, they overhooked it, which was the biggest issue. And then their sauce wasn't as good, but... No, I definitely think so. Game meat, game meat. Ugh, let me enunciate. <laughs> game meat does well with berries and fruit, citrus, like fruity things and nuts. Surprisingly, um, it does really well with berries. Like hazelnuts, apparently, go well with a lot of game meat. Mm, yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I felt like I was ordering from a fancy restaurant, but it came out of my kitchen. So that was a really good feeling. Yeah. And it was <laughs> surprisingly easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it wasn't as hard as we thought. It came out, like, perfect the first time. And um, we there was had, no regret at all. We had paired it with a side that really went with it. So that helped a lot, too, with the plating and the... What did we pair it with? Uh, we paired it with... Was it just the roasted potatoes? Farro salad. Oh, farro. Yeah, well, ancient grains. Mm-hmm. Paired yeah. it, we paired it with a farro salad that was delicious. Yep. Um, and just really nice with the duck. So, you know, complete plate. That always helps, too. But... Um, it does. 
Yeah, it totally was like something you could get at a nice restaurant and it tasted really good. Um, Made me feel really fancy. (laughs) Yeah. I can't stress that enough. I think I've said it like four times. (laughs) Goes well with my burp. Yeah, he was so fancy. I'm so fancy. It's my one night (laughs) to be fancy. Uh, Yeah, the... Um, I already kind of mentioned that there's not that many ingredients, so you can't really hide behind a bunch of ingredients, and you really want your, what you're using to be, like, good quality for it to turn out really good. Because this could easily have been okay, or overly sweet, or whatever, you know, if we didn't have the right... Balance. Yeah, if we didn't have good ingredients, because, they're, you know, they're not too anything. Yeah. They all really came together. Like, I think the the jam was uh, the... It was a sweet jam, but because we didn't do a sweet liqueur with it, uh, it kind of balanced out to not add that extra sugar. And then the the good quality chicken stock really helped bind it all together, I think. Gives it a lot of savory flavor to balance out the sweet. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, we've kind of rambled on about the tasting. Is there anything else you wanted to point out about it? I don't know what else to add that we haven't mentioned five times. Uh, the wine pairing and the side salad. Uh, well, I did mention side salad. It was a Faro, it was an Ina Garten recipe. <laughs> so, of course, I wanted to try it. But we've been experimenting with um, ancient grains like bulgur wheat. Uh, we made tabbouleh couple weeks back and it just turned out really good and it's i've never um never really cooked ancient grains but next on the list is amaranth yeah it's not really hard it's just you have to treat them differently they feel like brown rice a lot kind of where it's just like oh this just cooks for a long time uh but you don't it's not you don't boil it it's not like rice or well it it's you, like... The texture, I think, reminds me of brown rice a lot, is maybe where I'm getting hung up. Yeah, the texture is like it. It's like you you um, steep it. Is that what we did for both of them? Kind of, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. You, we did. It's like you make, like, a... Um, you boil stuff in a pot, like, seasonings and... Uh, like, this one used um, apple cider... And not the vinegar, no, just like apple cider and some other like bay leaf and some things like that. And you just kind of boil that and then you pour that over the dry um That's grains, right? And it just you just let it sit and it absorbs it. That was cool, yeah. And bulgur weed is like that too. So you end up with this just like really flavorful, like. Fit, like really textured, it's heavily textured and kind of bouncy grain. So, like like brown rice, it has a lot of texture and doesn't get mushy, which is nice. I mean, it kept to the next day too. Yeah, it was really good the next day. It just other than the farro, it had uh, like radishes and arugula and stuff like that, and. Um, like, uh, the dressing was just super simple. It was just, like, lemon juice and oil, salt and pepper, and... The apple cider. Then the flavor from the farro, like, made everything else <laughs> taste really good. It's a very different way of cooking something that's a grain, you know? But 
it's cool. I would suggest experimenting with it. You can find good recipes on Pinterest. and It's really about getting the grain itself. Cause yeah, finding the grain. But we were lucky enough that Winco's had everything so far, but you get it on Amazon if you had to. You could totally order on Amazon. Yeah, but yeah, Winco has like all this stuff, which is cool. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the main reasons I wanted to start trying it, I'm like, they have bulgur wheat and they have, you know, wild rice. And I want to try that because it's really good. It's like more nutrient dense and satisfying and um, there's a lot more texture is one of my main things because I hate rice that's just like mush, mush, which is a lot of rice. Yeah, it's probably because I'm overcooking it. Yeah, but everyone does. Like it's not just it's not just you because I think rice sucks generally. It's probably because we need a rice cooker. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can cook rice and other things in a pot. Also, we have one. It's called an InstaPot. Yeah, we just need to try it one time. Anywho's it okay? Um. Yeah, it was the salad was awesome with it. I would try try stuff with ancient grains because. Um, it's really interesting. And what wine did we have with it? With this, we had a Pinot Noir from Adelaida, which is in Paso Robles. They have a really good Pinot Noir, and, um, it's just perfect. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's like eating a really nice filet mignon, um, with a Pinot. But even kind of better, because duck is even lighter than steak. So... Like to me, Pinot Noir is just like a super light wine. You didn't even have the Pinot Noir with the duck until I told you to because, fun fact, Ashley is incapable of eating and drinking at the same time. She can only do one or the other. Yeah, but I did. I had some with it. Yeah, you finished like 80% of your plate and then you're like, oh, I'll have my first sip of wine, I guess. Yeah, and it was really, really good. Good job, me. Good job, you. <laughs> You know how to pair. You just don't know how to actually eat and drink. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's perfect. The problem with Pinot Noir is it's really hard to get good ones. Yes. Good luck with that. Um, You could definitely do a white wine with this. Like, a Chardonnay would probably be good with it. Something a little... Like, on the heavier side, like a Chardonnay might be good with it. Um, Or, if you had... Like a light, another light red wine, like Tempranillo, maybe. It might be a little spicy. What if we kept the orange theme going and had screwdrivers? Orange juice and vodka. Yeah, that would probably not be great. It would be so gross. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you could go for a heavier white or a lighter red. Pinots, I really don't recommend buying them from the grocery store unless you, like, have a favorite. Or something, or no, it's, it's, they don't, they're... Just splurge on some good wine for this meal. The Pinot Noirs are just very, very finicky. It's a really finicky grape, and it's usually not good. So, (laughs) if you can't get a good one, don't drink it, and you'll be happy. (laughs) But, um, the Sangiovese, or or, uh, even, actually, even a rosé, a dry rosé, would probably be good with this. Um... And that's it for Ashley's Wine Corner. So, <laughs> so we'll rate this recipe ease of use. Um, well, that, I have to give this one a five for ease of use because 
the directions were really good, really clear. And we were, and this was one that we were especially like nervous about. I will say for the clearness of the directions, it, yeah, it's a five. I'm not gonna. I don't have any way to like break this down like an asshole. It's it's very clear. It's I said it before. I'll say it again. It's the most detailed recipe Chef John's given that I've watched. This is like duck orange for beginners. Yes, but and, it's so good. But the flavor is not. <laughs> yeah, the technique is the flavor is not. I'm sure you could get fancier with the technique. I'm sure you could, but I wouldn't even want to. But you don't need to. You don't this. If you have good ingredients, you don't need to do fancy shit. Yes. Now, if you don't have good ingredients... Yeah, then you gotta, you like... You need to fancy it up then You gotta, like, make up for it, is the thing, right? So, it's like the best dishes are just really simple. Yes. For, for something that feels so high-class, high-end, it's a very easy-to-execute dish. Yeah. What? Okay, next, riding a chair. Please don't do that. I'm not... I'm standing completely. Uh, okay. Um, it's giving me anxiety. Good. Uh, taste satisfaction. Well, if you say anything other than a five, I'm probably a liar. <laughs> yeah, it was a five. It was so good. It was good. It was... The whole time we were eating it, we were freaking out about how good it was. <laughs> Ashley got mad at me because I finished mine. What? You said I ate it too quick. Oh, yeah. Well, because you're not enjoying it enough. I was enjoying... Okay, chef. Yeah. Eat slower. I enjoyed the shit out of it. If you eat slower, you enjoy it longer. I was sad it was gone. Well, you should eat it slower. Yeah, yeah. Well, make it for me again, and I will. (laughs) Uh, For sure, 100%, I will make this again, because it's, it's amazing. Um... Cost effectiveness. Ooh, here's where some debate is. Nah, that's gotta be. Don't you say a one? I'm gonna say a two because you need sherry or sherry vinegar and an orange liqueur and duck breast, and those are not cheap ingredients. And also the liqueurs and the sherry, it kind of sucks because you're only using a little bit of them. And you have to buy a whole bottle, which because a lot of people don't just have that. So the only thing that I'll, uh, the only exception that I'll give to the orange liqueur is you can buy mini bottles if you don't. That's true. Like Grenadier, yeah. you can definitely buy a mini bottle of, so it'll really cut mm-hmm. down that cost. And that'll be enough because it's know, only like a bit, an ounce maybe. Yeah. It's very, it's a very limited amount. Sherry's not that expensive, but I mean, ten dollars is a lot to yeah. pay for. Again, like for an one ounce. meal. Yeah, you'll use it potentially again, but. But it's not like soy sauce, you know. It's not like you're gonna use it a lot. Yeah. Um. um so for so to me, it's it's not a one because it's there's there's stuff that's more expensive, but it's a it's a two because there's like multiple. pricier ingredients that you can't use in a lot of other stuff i mean so are you counting jelly is you're not counting jelly in that because if you had to buy the jelly outright yeah but you could just have have that toast toast. okay so you're not counting that that makes sense uh i'll agree with the two um this is one of the most expensive weeknight or 
Well, we made it on the weekend. Weekend. This one of the most expensive, like, <laughs> meals just for us we've yeah. made. In a long that, time. Yeah. The, the only ones that are that were close were, like, steak. We made Or a, that were more were steak. We made a $25 New York strip steak, and we only had one steak. So, yeah, but it was plenty for both of us, and it was really, really good. It was really, really good, but <laughs> still, my God. Um you could make an argument. This is this is purely location based, right? You could make uh, an argument you, for a three if you, if you have access is. to cheaper duck. Yeah. Um, or like all of, like if you we already had sherry and dry curacao and we had uh, the stuff that makes the sauce. We only had to buy the orange and the marmalade. So I mean, for us, the cost effectiveness of the sauce was. Right, Cheap. very cost effective because we already had the broth and all that stuff, yes. So if you already have some of these things laying around, it can get cheap, but the duck breast But I wouldn't is, expect that people would. No, I wouldn't either. The duck breast is prohibitively <laughs> expensive for a lot of people, though. Like, yeah. You could make an argument purely by region for a three, but I'm going to agree with two for our situation. Yeah, at least for us where it's like, can't really get it, and it was like $30. It was $28. Oh, I'm sorry. It was $28 yeah, for two duck 30. breasts. <laughs> like, it could be worse, but it's it also we were like, oh, you know. Yeah, it hurt. Because buying, like, a pack of chicken thighs is, like, $6, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, cost effective, two. So, what have we got? Five for ease, five for taste, two, two for cost. cost. What the fuck? Not. It's not. There's nothing weird about it. There's nothing weird about it? No. It's just duck orange. It's a classic recipe. That's true. So that's like one. There's nothing weird about this. Very, very classic. You can find this recipe in like Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Yes, you can. I was looking at that recipe earlier. Um, Even though it's not a French dish. Well, that's exactly why you can find it there because it's like an American sized French thing. Yeah. Um... So, just to clarify, we determined what the fuck is not, like, it's, like, how unique is this? Is that the what the fucking? Yeah, it's, okay. like, what what is, how you how unique is was the recipe, like, that made, like, the spicy pumpkin pork noodles that we did last week. Was like, like, that's a five. That's weird. It's weird <laughs> for us, uh, apparently not in South America, but, or one specific region in it. Um, okay, then, yeah, no, it's it's a one. I mean, maybe I, I'm gonna say it's a two. I think duck. A, I think it well because duck. Duck is exotic to many people. I think I could present duck à l'orange to most to a large po- part of the population, and they wouldn't know exactly what it is. Like they could put together like it's duck and orange, but they wouldn't. Maybe like, is it like Chinese food style or? Yeah, I think your first instinct would be to think this is Chinese because of the sweet and the meat. Yep. But and then when you see it served no. <laughs> up like a steak with a pan sauce, you'd be like, "What?" You're like, "Okay." So I'm gonna say two. <laughs> okay. All right, I got one for that. Does it leftover? No, no, not at all. Not at all. You gotta eat this. So I'm... just don't buy more than you're gonna eat. Can we? Can we give a zero? No. Okay, one then. One. This doesn't. No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> if you microwave duck, I think you would get arrested. 
By or the shot? food police? Yeah, probably. You really don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like it's like a really good piece of steak. You don't want to microwave it the no. next day. If you have it left over, which what are you doing with your life? You eat it cold. <laughs> yeah. I honestly just this kind of thing is like a date night for you and your spouse. There's so there's so little of it. Just finish it. Just get two breasts and, you know, Make sauce, enough sauce for two It'll be plenty and you'll be fine. <laughs> nope. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So this is very different from recipes we've done in the past, which is why we picked this one. Very not cost effective and very traditional. Yeah. And also, um, you know, just... It's it, kind of a splurge dish. <laughs> it shows off that we know technique. Yeah, it's pretty show-offy. But when you really break it down, it's not that much technique. But it is show-offy for sure. It's show-offy, but but Chef John will, like, get you through it. Yes, he will. <laughs> so, it's a great recipe. I mean, I'm really glad we tried it. I'm going to make it again at least, like, a hundred more times before I die. <laughs> and we'll just get better and better at making it. It was a pretty high bar to start with, though. It was probably the biggest problem. Yeah, it was, like, already perfect. It's one of those very few things that you make, and you're like, I wouldn't change anything. I love this. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, Is there anything else you want to say on this? Uh, Nope. Um, no, we've, that was wonderful. We love this dish. We have... We now have a presence on Facebook. If you want to like and follow us, I'm trying. Oh, yeah, to... <laughs> yeah. Home cookery and other sins. Um, look, did, look up. Did you our... get your Pinterest working? I'm trying to get an Instagram. Instagram, uh, so sorry. I can post, uh, you know, new recipes and just random pictures. Pictures of stuff we cook during the week, in case anyone wants, <laughs> in case anyone's interested in what we do all the time. Um, you know, but I Facebook is blocking me from Instagram because it like thinks I'm trying to fake being me because I used my name to like associate with it, and it's like you already have an account, and I'm like, no, I just want to promote my <laughs> podcast. This has to be allowed. So yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the decision from Facebook to be appealed. So I can get an Instagram. So we'll we'll probably have an Instagram soon enough too. But right now we're on Facebook Uh, and our website. Sorry, Ashley's website. She's she's the webmaster here. I just kind of sit here and make noises. (laughs) Yeah, we got we got our website up there still, and Facebook's all linked up and everything. And um, if you don't care about any of that, that's cool. But if you're listening, thanks for listening. Thank you. You can totally check us out on Facebook. Like, you know, let us know. Comments. Questions. Like, comment, subscribe. Oh, now we're doing YouTube. <laughs> Ring that bell. There's no bell. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, but I, I mean, I'd love to hear from, from you. If you got, like, ideas or suggestions or anything like that. Because we are first-time podcasters, and this is... We're just making this shit up. Making it up as we go. <laughs> Anyway, um, have Thank a good you. night, everybody. Have or a wonderful day, night. Or whatever or time you're listening to this. Uh, two in the afternoon. Oh, have a coffee. It's the worst time of day. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Bye. Bye.
You just say bye until you click OK.